Nobody cares actually at the end of the day what kind of sex they're having. They care about the feelings that they're experiencing. This is episode 16 with sexuality and tantra teacher Layla Martin. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. Oh my God, Touchpoint fam, Happy New Year. It is 2019 and we are back. This year, Touchpoint has some very exciting things in store. We've got plans to expand our events to cities across the United States, an inspiring lineup of guests for our podcast, and so much more. If you are outside of New York City and want to bring Touchpoint to your community, send an email to me. It's jmw at lovetouchpoint.com, and let's see if we can make some magic. So this year, we are starting off with some serious fire with our first episode, a conversation with Layla Martin, a woman I'm honored to call a dear friend and inspiration. Layla is one of the most profound voices in the world of sexual education and Tantra. Now, some of you may be wondering, Jared, what is Tantra? You know, we hear this word thrown around a lot. And if anyone should be teaching you about it, it's Layla. She studied at Stanford and then in the jungles of Asia. She's coached thousands of people and trained hundreds of teachers. Her story is nothing short of fantastic. In this conversation, she shares about her own childhood trauma, her path to sexual healing, some practical tips for people to cultivate what she calls epic sex and legendary love. Uh, we talk a bit about the Me Too movement and the importance of diversity, and she also does a wicked impression of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Also, I think somewhere in there, she says something like, there's oneness, there's oneness in fish guts. I think that's what she says. Uh, she'll explain it all. Um, every time I talk to Layla, she teaches me something new, and this conversation was no different. So grab a hot tea and get cozy for a half an hour or so, because this is fire. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Here we go. So I'm so excited that we're here, that we get to hang. Um, you know, you, you've come up so often, actually, just... Like, as the Touchpoint community has expanded, I can't, I, at least a dozen times, somebody has said to me, like, you know, you should really familiarize yourself with the work of Layla Martin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, tell me more, you know? <laughs> and either they, they've, you know, done your, your online courses or, you know, they've gone through your teacher training programs and, and uh, or they've just watched, like, your just many, many videos on YouTube. So many YouTube videos. Oh my God. And they are unbelievable <laughs> videos. I mean, I've got so many favorites. I think probably my favorite one to date is definitely the one where you and Andrew are dressed up like uh, like sports announcers. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, how to have sex for eight hours. Right, right. Oh God. I mean, that is just like, that's one of the, the highlights. But so, Layla, listen, like, you, you're a fascinating human. Uh, you, you know, from what I know about you, you studied at Stanford um, and then you moved to the jungles of Asia. Were you in Bali? Is that where you were? Or? I was in Bali, Thailand, and India primarily. Okay, so can you tell just a little bit of background on your story and how you discovered sort of your, your 
penchant for human sexuality and going deep in that. Yes. Uh, so I was sexually abused as a child and I wasn't really fully cognizant of it, but I was super shut down around sex. Like I used to take showers in my bathing suit. I never wanted to look at my own body. Like I couldn't go into Victoria's Secret even as a teenager, which was like the like one sexuality place in, you know, Colorado suburbia where I was growing up. And I would get sick at the thought of sexuality, like physically nauseous. I wasn't able to have sex sober. I started being sexually active when I was 15 and I wasn't able to have sex sober until I was like 22. Um, so just being kind of chronically unpresent, uh, a lot of unaddressed issues, but I was always curious uh, somehow and, and wanted to focus on sexuality and also had a kind of strange mystical streak and so when i was 18 i took a two-year break from college and i bought a one-way ticket to thailand and i was like i wanna i wanna know all the things like and this is where you become the lara croft of sexuality <laughs> i did some crazy shit so i was like i literally did the thing i was like 18 go to asia and i was like i want to find me a tantric guru and i want to learn i want to learn tantra and so how did you know that you wanted to learn tantra i don't know like where did that word enter your sort of like knowing yeah what's crazy so like i grew up in colorado normal american family business dad like my family had no mystical woo-woo inclinations whatsoever did your family know about and just to you know because you referenced you know sexual abuse yeah was that something that you you were had discussed with your family like what is the dynamic with your family was that happening within your family like what <laughs> Yeah, it was my biological father and I saw him for the last time when I was seven and I tried to communicate it in my own way when I was young and I wasn't heard, I wasn't listened to and uh, so I just stopped talking about it and I, uh, you know, and, and that was that. So I didn't actually start processing it, going to therapy and healing it until I was about 21 and did you talk about it like with any anyone in between seven and 21 friends partners so after seven i basically just shut down yeah. and i didn't even i didn't think about it actively i pretty much almost just forgot about it and aside from you know having behaviors like like not being able to look at my own body I would black out during sex even as a teenager and like wake up screaming like I had just crazy crazy behaviors I would pray to God every night that I'd never become a woman like and that I'd never get my period I had so much pain and suffering around sex but I also wasn't actively thinking about the experiences until I decided when I was 21 to go and like unpack it wow Okay, yeah. so that's when you moved to Thailand? So I actually moved to Thailand I, when I was 18. And that's when I first found meditation and yoga and tantra. Like I read my first books. I went to my first classes. What was your first book? 
My first book, there was a book by Osho. I think it was called The New Man. Oh my God. Were you were you planning on becoming a Rajneeshi? I <laughs> was, I didn't become a Rajneeshi, but I definitely was like, whoa, this guy's intense. I want to know more. And yeah. then I read this really crazy series. If you want to read some like crazy stuff called the, it was the Agori series. Um, and the Agoris are like this extreme left hand path of Tantra. And they find God in like the places where no one wants to find God. So they go to like cemeteries, they work with skulls, like they'll work with like blood and urine and like, and, and it can't, that, that can get distorted. Like there's a lot of people who are doing that and it's kind of just a dark lost path. But what spoke to me about it is they said, look, if God is in everything, right? Like if you've ever been to a yoga class, if you ever go and meditate, like you'll hear that thrown around, right? Like oneness, we're all one, mm -hmm. things like that. And what I loved about these Agori Tantric practitioners is they said, let's make that real. Like if, if you really truly believe that we're all one, then we're one in the cemetery and there's oneness in blood and there's oneness in fish guts. And so to me, they were like the deepest devotees. Like they were not. How did you find <laughs> this, this crew? I just, I picked up a book and I, you knew sometimes you just, you can't explain the things that you're really drawn to in yeah. your life. Like what made you dress like that? What made you different? What made you choose a different path? I don't really know what made me choose that. I just did. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So tell us, so you go there and what happens? I, I, I did my first 10 day meditation course and like I was, you know, I was the suburban girl from Colorado, like, you know, dyed blonde hair, a little bit of an eating disorder, obsessed with being perfect. A little bit of an eating disorder. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's just an eating disorder light. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I get it. Okay, cool. You know, like terrified to be around people without makeup and yeah. like so, so anxious. So wow. like everyone hates me. I'm not good enough. So freaked out by men, all this unintegrated trauma. And I was like... I I went to Thailand. There was this uh, island in Thailand. And this is kind of before Burning Man was like a thing or anyone knew what Burning Man was. And there were all these people like dressed, like wearing glitter, like all the time and like crazy, like colored feather outfits, taking LSD and like living on the beach. And I was like, what? I was like, people like this exist. I was like, no way. Immediately followed by like, I'm not good enough. Like I can't talk to any of them. Like they're so much better than me. Uh, but they were, they were doing Osho meditations and they were, they those, were doing those wild workshops. meditations where you're what are they like called shaking yeah, you're shaking and it's like and screaming yeah dynamic and meditation and kundalini yeah. and i was like i don't know who these people are yeah. but i want what they have yeah if you anybody <laughs> listening if you want to know more about osho and all this uh, uh lovely lovely uh stuff that she's sharing with us now um there is an amazing documentary on netflix called what is it wild wild, wild, wild country wild wild yeah. country will blow your mind and it will give you some insight into what she's uh describing okay <laughs> So I learned, yeah, I, I learned to meditate. I And I got my first books on Tantra and Taoism, which were basically like, look, your sexual, your sexuality and your turn on is a source of energy. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And they're like, masturbate and like basically inhale your turn on and circulate it through your body. So like most people masturbate and without even realizing it, there's tension there. Like you're masturbating and you're leaned over, you're masturbating and your legs are closed really tight. And so you're actually 
building up tension and friction in your body. And then orgasm for a lot of people is this release. And this basic teaching was what if you took that energy of orgasm, that pleasure of orgasm, and you sucked it up into your body instead. So I'm like 19 years old and I like, like got myself a little beach hut and fucking basically masturbated for what about it to like eight to 10 hours a day in my hut. I had like shaved my head by then. I was like, like I was going for it and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a go. And I would masturbate and pull this turn on it up and into my body. And I was like, this is better than any drug. I feel so high. And like the adults around me would be like, you should maybe be careful and not masturbate that much. And like, maybe not pull that much sexual energy into your brain. And I was like, I have found the key. I love this. I love that you become Gollum when you get excited about these things. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, so you're masturbating ten hours a day in Thailand, and how does this? You know, I guess I know that you, you your explorations became even wilder. I yes. Mean, okay. So, what happens next? Okay. So then I I spent two years in Thailand, India. Uh, I think I went to Bali for the first time then. And that was just basically like, oh my gosh, there's a way out. Like I was in such hell in my body. I hated myself. I hated, I hated being in my body. And through just the first periods of meditation, I felt that there was ecstasy in my body, like natural ecstasy. It was the first time I ever felt bliss in my whole body and having suffered most of my life, it was like, okay, I don't know what these practices are, but they, they're giving me something that feels like a way out. And I, so I, I just felt like, this is what I want to do with my life. Huh. Okay. All right. So, so now, I mean, you, I mean, honestly, we could do just an entire episode where <laughs> Layla shares her stories because they are wild um <laughs> but um you know you do obviously you you take this path and now here we are and yes. you are i what what is your title what do you go by how do you do you go by a sex educator tantric guru like <laughs> journey into the, journey journey <laughs> leader into the masturbatory unknown I, what, what do we I just <laughs> use the golem voice and like come learn about tantra and sex <laughs> That's it. That's it. So like, what do you, how do you identify, you know, because I meet so many people and they're like, I'm a sex educator. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, they took like a three day course online. And yeah. like, there's people I meet, you know, who, who have studied, you know, human sexuality at universities. And there's people yeah. who, you know, are tantra coaches or sex healers. And I just never really know what their credentials are. Yeah. Like you, you did study, what did you study at Stanford? I studied human biology with a focus on immunology, sexuality, and behavior. Okay. Right. So you, you know, immediately, you know, like in Western culture, we look at, you know, people who go through our, our educational system and go through that process as, you know, there's a bit more pedigree and possibly a little bit more sophisticated, but you couple that education with then this, this wild, like off the beaten path education that you get, you yeah. know, uh, in Asia. And so now, yeah. How do you, what do you, what is your, yeah. how do you identify? So the cool thing about today is mostly I let my work speak for myself, you know, so 
It's like you can come and watch my YouTube videos. You can read my posts and things like that. And you get a feeling and an experience of what it is that I do. Yeah. And if someone really presses me on it, I'm like, I'm a sexuality and tantra teacher. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. So you're a sexuality and tantra teacher and so much more. Um, <laughs> so, 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 um, so, you know, it's interesting. I think all you should do is just add an ellipses at the end and then you'd be fine. Okay. So, so on your website, you, you know, it says that you, your promise is actually epic sex and legendary love. Yes. And like, I don't know many people who would turn those things down. Yeah. Uh, you know, so those are big <laughs> promises that I feel like there's just lots of people specifically in my experience with Touchpoint. It seems like this is what we want. You know, at yeah. Touchpoint, our mission is to make it easier to love and be loved. Yes. You know, I don't know if it ever gets easy because I don't yeah. know if anything worth doing is easy, yeah. but like we can make it easier. There's so much intrinsic suffering in our pursuits of these things yeah. that like if we just learn some tools and we learn to, you know, cultivate a you know, stronger relationship with our minds and our bodies it can be easier yes so you offer people you promise epic sex and legendary love what do those things mean to you epic sex is really unlocking your sexual potential and everyone has the potential to be multi-orgasmic everyone has the potential to feel ecstasy during sex that's better than any drug you've ever taken if you've ever taken drugs everyone has this wild capacity for sexuality that is so profound and so much deeper than what most people experience even if they're having what feels good in like you know what we think of in mainstream sex and so it's really unlocking that through training yourself sexually changing your emotional relationship to your sexuality healing guilt shame and fear if that is something that is associated in your sexuality and more than anything else we've become so civilized so appropriate so worried about ourselves our impact so terrified of intimacy and we have this wild nature and our wild nature is the key to our epic sexuality it's this like unleashed and that's what everyone's hungry for like i don't want to be thinking during sex i want to be in this state it's a it's a mindless state of just feeling and sensation and one of the things is is in our culture we tend to think that has to come from someone else i have to have an amazing lover that lover has to be hot it has to be like the honeymoon phase and i feel like most people don't understand that you can you can make your sexuality, you can train your sexuality, you can learn certain tools and techniques that not every time you have that experience, but you can continue to have that experience with or without the perfect partner. And epic sexuality has a lot to do with being willing and able to express the painful parts, the fear, the sadness, if you've experienced trauma or you've ex experienced pain in your life and to have sexual experiences where you don't have the erection or you don't have the orgasm or you don't feel that much or you're numb and you feel like your marriage is over and to be able to incorporate that and be able to talk about it, be able to welcome it, be able to have it be okay. And so to me, epic sex is both this incredible experience of sex and incorporating what sex really is, which is so much more than just pleasure. Oh, okay. All right. So like, so I've seen ads on the subway recently for products like, like, you know, now there's, you know, all these startups that are selling, uh, 
basically the generic of Viagra. Yeah. Uh, they're also now selling, there's Hims is one company, now there's Hers, mm -hmm. and they're selling some sort of female Viagra. And it seems like they're making these promises of epic sexuality in pills. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? So I have never seen it come from a pill. Like you can get a hard on from a pill, but you can't have epic sex from a pill. And it certainly doesn't work with women. Uh, and I've seen using a jade egg, which is basically like a piece of jade oh, shaped jade like an egg. egg. This is a big thing. Yeah. You, you're a, you're like a like the, the, the new face of the jade egg. Uh, well, <laughs> I was, thank you. And so you, you put it up your vagina and you essentially do uh, strength building practices attention focused practices you build sensate focus in your vagina with this egg and you can heal around it you can enhance your sexual pleasure through it and what i've seen is that it works way better than any pill but our society is terrified of it it's like you put it up your vagina instead of in your mouth it's like yeah it's sex you know <laughs> <laughs> right wow and okay. you you get epic sex through connecting to yourself like most women think my vulva's ugly and maybe i smell down there there's something weird mm -hmm. you know you show most women a photo of their vulva or someone else's vulva i saw that video and you feel like nauseous it's you have like, a, the video of you where you bring the women in and you have a professional photographer with a ring light yeah, and everything and yeah. they take these photos of their vaginas yes that's wow and that women feel video. disgusted yeah. they're like oh my god it's, yeah. you know and how are you going to have epic sex if you hate or reject this fundamental piece of you? No pill heals that. Yeah. You know, no pill heals not only just trauma, but a lifetime of being told that if you're sexually wild, you're a slut, we're going to kick you out of the tribe. And that signals to your nervous system death, right? No pill takes away the toxic masculine training that like you're supposed to be dominating a woman or you're supposed to be, you know, having sex with as many women as possible and replaces it with, oh my God, what is it to be so madly in love and like my sexuality is a total gift to this person I'm making love to. No pill does that. So there's such psychological, emotional shifts that have to happen. And I see this over and over again for people to really restore their sexual essence. And the reason everyone's hungry for epic sex in my experience isn't because it's some unattainable thing that's only for a few blessed people. It's because epic sex is our natural state. And so when people are craving epic sexuality, they're really saying, I want to get back to what I was born with, this natural state of wildness and pleasure and intimacy and freedom. Like that's what I want inside. And we all deserve to experience that. Wow. So, so, um, so the other piece of this equation is legendary love. Yes. And what I, what's really interesting about what you're saying, it sounds like often when we think of epic sex, I think that, you know, it's framed as a connection between two people. Yeah. Um, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is actually it's a connection. Really, it starts with the connection you have with yourself. Yes. That that's actually, that's it. You and know? your and pussy, then, your penis. Right, right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever's there. Or, right. Or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, parts you're working with. But but um, legendary love, yeah. you know, love and sex, I've realized, are very different. Yes. They're different things. And they go together like strawberries and bananas. You know, strawberries and bananas, great separately. Strawberries and cream. I sure. hate bananas. <laughs> okay, you hate bananas. There you go. Okay, great. So so there you go. Um, so, so strawberries and cream, great. So they're great individually, but they go together really well. So you talk so much of sex. You talk so much of pleasure. You talk so much of, of connection, of tantra, of yeah. jade eggs, and how to awaken all of these things within 
that all feels like it's relegated under epic sex. Yes. What is legendary love according to Layla Martin? Yes. It's amazing that you're asking me this because I think when I chose legendary love, I was a little premature in my own integration where I feel like for maybe five, six, seven years now, I could absolutely show you how to get to epic sex. Like you and me get locked in a room for 24 hours. Like I can show you how to have epic sex. And the legendary love part, for sure self-love, right? Every sexual practice that I teach, I'm like, no matter what you get out of this, if you choose to love yourself, no matter what your genitals are doing, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what your partner's doing or how you're feeling by yourself, like that's the real teaching here. And people forget that sex is happening in an emotional ecosystem. And nobody cares actually at the end of the day what kind of sex they're having. They care about the feelings that they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so love is this important necessary ecosystem in which epic sex happens and I met that I meant that originally and then recently because you know I've been in my relationship for almost six years now and we went through this massive rupture just like a month ago like we nearly broke up and we've had a very 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 we actually did break up we've had a very stable relationship for you know five and a half years now we're not one of those couples that breaks up often like never we've never broken up and and it was so terrifying and so scary and and he got the the message that he was supposed to break up with me and when he broke up with me i i really listened and i was like what like what is this about and i got shown i had never been in my heart like truly in my heart with a man in my entire life I've got a lot of soul love. I don't know if, if this will land right, but I feel a lot of love. I, I share a lot of love. My relationship was amazing, but my physical heart was terrified, like so terrified. Of what? Terrified of being abandoned, terrified of trauma, terrified of my father, terrified of love itself, terrified of loving someone just a tiny bit more than they loved me, like terrified of so many things. And I... I really got this message. It was like, it's time. Like it's, it's time to fully open your physical heart. And I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Cause I've had this amazing relationship and I, and I know how to connect with people, but there was this physical piece where I wasn't there all the way. And so I've spent the last month just like choosing true love in my partnership. I chose true love. I was like, look, you might break up with me. You might leave. We might lose the home we built together the business we built together but like I feel in my heart of hearts that we are meant to create true love together and I have never done that in my life I've always wanted to run as soon as someone doesn't love me like I'm out of here I'm finding the next better person and I was like I'm going to stand here and like you might say no you might not choose me but this feels like the truth for me and my heart opened in this whole new way. And I've had this theory for a while and I really lived it that in most relationships, people get blocked by a terror of intimacy. You don't stop desiring your partner. You don't fall out of love with most people. You don't feel like numb and disconnected from your partner. You're actually terrified of the intimacy of that depth of love. Mm-hmm. And so I just chose to stand in that with my partner. And I feel like I've been in this like crazy wind tunnel of like, oh my God, like I'm going to figure this out. Oh, the golem golem voice is coming. I feel it. The golem voice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have found true love. (laughs) So good. So good. So good. So there's legendary love of like, I feel like I had the self-love piece 
and how I had to like dig myself out of a deep, deep hole. And I, you know, I've been able to say for at least five, six years now, like I truly love myself inside and out. Yeah. So that was a piece of legendary love. And then to be able to have that in partnership, I feel like it's, we're all learning this on the path. Like no, like almost no one has figured out relationship. I'm always like, do you know any couples that have been together longer than five years that you look at and you're like, I want to be like you? Yeah. Very few people genuinely have Yeah, that. yeah. You know, it's interesting what you, you know, what comes up for me when you say that is uh, I, I've realized through this exploration with Touchpoint that, you know, many of us don't have what I like to call a North star relationship. Yeah. So oftentimes people can see like, like in career, it's very easy. You know, people see, it could be a singer that they see and they're like, I want to have that kind of career. Yeah. Or they see somebody who works in their office and they're, you know, they you know, they understand the ladder that they need to climb to get to that job and what they need to do. You know, they, they see a certain weight or a certain body image that they want to accomplish or something that they want to achieve. They can, they, they have, they have people and and things that they can look at and yeah. measure up to but in love you know outside of even sexuality but just perceivable just like love and relationship and looking at a couple from the outside like seldom do i meet people who are like i just want to have my parents relationship yeah that doesn't happen often <laughs> so there are people i've met who have amazing parents I, I you know and they they do aspire to to have that and that's amazing but often i don't find a lot of people who do and then i'll say do you have any relationships in your life and the answer is no and so yeah. it's really hard i think to design a relationship when we really don't have a North Star, when we don't really have a framework that we can look at and go, this is how they do it. And I aspire to be like them. Yeah. And that they're talking about it vulnerably, right? So mm -hmm. maybe the Obamas, like we can look at their marriage and be like, it seems like they figured something out, but how do we know? What? Yeah. And well, how? Yeah. And the, like, it's what happened. What I realized when I was standing I love that there. you skipped straight to the Obamas, though. That was amazing. <laughs> it's like the first couple, the first couple that comes up for Layla Martin, she's like, it's Barack and Michelle all the yeah. way. That's, <laughs> that's my North Star. But like when when Andrew, I my could partner, see you being the president. I, I would love to be the president. I hope it, like that was the one good thing about Trump getting elected. I was like, oh shit, I have like all these YouTube videos about like oral sex and like cervical orgasms, and I was like, and I can be president because <laughs> anybody can do it. Right <laughs> here we go. Exactly. Totally. But um, I, I when I was standing there and and you know Andrew had broken up with me and I really felt like no one has like I I felt on my own like the map had ended the trail was just there and. I think there's so many of us, so many of us in relationship and we're like, no one, no one told me how to do this. Right. I don't understand. And no one told me how to do this in a way where like we're fully alive and we have amazing sex and we love each other inside and out. And the crazy thing is I was like, maybe there's not a map, like maybe just biologically we're not supposed to do that. And I have been finding, especially very recently, this is part of my own journey. No, there actually is. It, my map's not going to be like yours, but at least there's going to be people saying you can find your way to true love in really long-term yeah. partnership. You can have that if you, you know, and, and even just knowing that I think helps a lot of people make decisions when it's right to stay and keep going and, and, and open up the relationship in ways that are really beautiful and meaningful. Well, but I, it's, you know, to, to now sort of zero in on these moments where relationships reach a, a potential breaking point where yeah. like things need to change and yeah. they're going to change either in the sense where we are either going to get closer together or farther apart. Yeah. You are actually 
I, I think for probably many, many couples have been the resource that yeah. they go to when they're in those moments. Yeah. And so, you know, we've been talking about a lot, a lot about you and your journey. Um, um, and, and you're, you're going to continue that journey. You know, it's like one of, you're going to, you know, you're going to look back five years from now and be like, I can't believe like what I didn't know then. I yeah. know now. Right. But at this moment, all these people come to you. Yeah. And, and so what do you witness in the couples that come mm-hmm. to you that are at that breaking point? Those mm-hmm. couples that are like, you know what, the shit has hit the fan. And so we've tried couples counseling. We've tried this. We've tried that. We've been separated. I'm sure you've seen all the different sort of permutations of what this couple in distress looks like. Yeah. What, when they come to you, how do you help them? Mm. Well, typically I've helped them a lot in, in, in kindling a kind of sexual intimacy that is no pressure and that they're dedicated to on a weekly basis. So a lot of couples, they try and talk, 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 but there's no sense of like, it's the sexual chemistry. It's that basic level of attraction that usually brought us together and working on that being so valuable and making that very important. I also now work a lot with couples on what does it look like to take full responsibility? I I think a lot of people spend a lot of time being like, is this person or aren't they? And instead of saying, there's millions of people, there's millions of people on the planet that could be your soulmate. Like back in the day in, you know, tribal societies, you were exposed to maybe 200 people in your entire life and people managed to find their soulmate, their partner out of 200 people. So out of 7.5 billion, like there are literally millions of people you are the creator of true love. Like you are the one who makes a relationship magical and beautiful. And a lot of people have given up their empowerment around creating relationship the way that they desire. So I'll really work with people on getting back into an empowered, self-responsible state in their relationship. And from there, I feel they have a lot more ability to look at their partner and say, I could Mm. do it with I could do it with millions of people. Do I want to do it with you? And this also takes this thing off of like, are you the perfect one? Could I find someone better? You know, it's like maybe, but do you want, like, are you going to choose true love? Are you going to choose partnership? Are you going to choose relationship? And being able to make that clear decision when you yourself are in a clear and empowered space. So what is the, so what is the first step? And do the couples know, like, do couples know the medicine they need? Or do, you know, do they come to you? It's like funny. I see these ads. Every ad for everything is like, here's our ad. This is what we can do. Ask your doctor to prescribe it to you. So like, it's sort of like people just go to their doctors and they're like, listen, this is exactly what I need. I saw the ad. You know, Do people come to you knowing what they need? Or do they come to you saying like, you know, shit is not working. Mm-hmm. What is the first step? Mm-hmm. What is the first step? Yeah. So in my couples course, they do a process called uh, desires, fears, and loves. So they spend three minutes sharing with each other, what do I really want each? And then three minutes sharing, what am I most afraid of each? And then three minutes, what do you love about me each? And even with all the like crazy tantric techniques and sex techniques and everything that they learn, the couples are always like, that is the best. Like that heals, that connects. And very few couples have structured communication, not where they're talking about what's wrong or they're trying to mediate an argument, but structured communication where they're talking about, this is what I really, 
you really want. Yeah. Or this is what terrifies me. And this is what I love about you. So just simple communication. Wow. Like so that. desires, fears, and loves. And desires yeah. are things I want. Fears are things I'm afraid of. And loves are the things I love about you. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. That's powerful. <laughs> it's that's, really, that's really that's powerful. Super, that's super helpful. Um, <laughs> how many couples do you feel like you've been able to work with since you've started this practice? I mean, and, and you know. Probably, I'd say probably of paying couples that like have actually joined our programs, probably 2,000. 2,000 couples. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you are the love guru. I just like, it's so amazing. That's so incredible. And now you're, you've in the last few years, you've started your institute where you're training new Tantra teachers. Is that right? Yeah, sex, love, and relationship coaches. Sex, love, and relationship coaches. And how many of those have gone through your program? So we have graduated uh, 385, or we've had 385 complete the program. And then this year we're enrolling 300. So we'll have 700 soon. Oh my God. And you created the whole <laughs> curriculum for that. Yes. That is unbelievable. And so in your process of like picking people uh, to go through your program. Yeah. How do you, can anybody just sign up and be like, I want to go to Layla Martin's, you know, school for love, sex and reality or like, you know, no, we have an application that takes about 45 minutes to fill out. Yeah. So we get a pretty good idea. Well, first of all, someone has to really want it, Yeah. Uh, which is great. And second of all, we're looking for, are you clear? Have you done your own work? Are you, are you at the level of maturity where you could hold someone else through a really deep process? It was, I'm very, very passionate about our work and sexuality and, and the love and relationships being professional and really high level outside of, you know, the institutional realm, right? Like you go to a sex therapist when you need a sex therapist and there's so much that people want to know that go that's way beyond that. So mm -hmm. much that's wild and erotic and playful and kinky and, you know, all the things. And where do people go to and who can you really trust? Mm -hmm. So I was really passionate. Like, I only want to certify people that I really believe in. And I put them through a grueling process. I've heard. <laughs> like I've heard it's hard. It's not a joke. Yeah. Uh, and, and I always say to them, look, you have to want this. Like, it's a privilege to be able to talk to someone about their sex life it's a privilege to be able to support people in their relationships it doesn't come easy it's not a weekend retreat mm -hmm. it's a lifetime commitment yeah. to really be able to hold people from that space so yeah they have the application they have a call with us and then um and that we you know we really screen them so uh you you use the word just now that's become you know an important word in the zeitgeist which is privilege yeah and as you know i was joking with you before that when i started touchpoint people were like you know it's nice to have a cis man in the sex positive community and i was like who is a cis man <laughs> and they're like you you're cisgender and i've learned you know if there's any, if there's anything that's really become really solidified for me in the three years that i've been doing this it's that i am white i am male i am heterosexual and i am cisgender yeah and as a result of that i have all of this profound privilege right yeah. because i've never had to deal with systemic discrimination um and i've been able to see myself literally in any job or any relationship or anything i the world has essentially been open to me yeah and so i do have all this privilege and you know in you know holding space at our town hall and in developing the brand i just realized that like you know the conversation around sex is is about 
it's about life and it's yeah. about our emotional experience and it's really hard to talk about sex without talking about things like race and class and gender and you know sexual orientation relational orientation yeah. and so from your perspective yeah you know how does your work what how does your work and what you're doing what is the intersection between your work and that conversation how is it you know in in terms of like you know whether it's you know people at the intersections of gender or race and and you know the people that you're coaching or people that are going through your program or videos that you're making you know what is i guess what does that look like in in your life yes so i feel like i could definitely do a better job Personally, uh, the, the when I study Tantra, Tantra can be, it doesn't have to be, it can be very heteronormative and this is masculinity and this is femininity and Shiva Shakti and all of that. And I, I didn't identify with that. That didn't make any sense to me. So, and I feel like I could always do better. So, you know, we've, we've put in an LGBTQ training now in our programs and we offer special scholarships to people that we feel like are specifically going to serve communities that aren't always served by this work. Um, and I think that there's even more to do in that realm for sure. And, you know, I also speak for like, as you've probably found, like I can only speak for myself. So I am a cisgendered white female and I, my voice is intersectional in that I have places where I'm incredibly privileged being cisgendered, um, mostly heterosexual with some, <laughs> some love for women and having made love with women in the past. But yeah. like I live right now in my partnership, a heterosexual life and, um, being, and being white. So all of those afford me a tremendous privilege. And then having experienced the systematic repression of women, sexual trauma, um, all kinds of ways in which my voice was silenced and oppressed systematically from being a woman. And so that's in a very interesting space to navigate. And I, I personally feel like I want to empower other voices rather than feeling like I can be all inclusive or I, I certainly don't ever want to speak for other voices. So for me as well, one of the things I love about having a teacher certification is I feel like I can actually support people to empower themselves in this work and then go out and speak to the communities that really want to hear from them, that they, they identify with, that they, they have lived that experience. And I find that to be very powerful. So I really look at my role as I want to be as inclusive as I possibly can. And I really see that one of the ways I can make the biggest difference is to support the empowerment of uh, diversity in many, many ways. And as far as racial intersection, I've really learned that I want to do, I, I need to do my own work. So I've been working with a diversity training coach, Desiree Attaway, who's amazing. I highly recommend her. And, you know, incorporating that work more and more to create a teaching team that is truly diverse and inclusive to be um, equitable to the students in my program and to really look at, yes, I want to be inclusive in my messaging and I can only do so much because my experience is my experience and I can't speak for anyone else. But what I can do is make sure that my organization, my certifications and my trainings are empowering those of a wide variety of voices to go out and teach to those who can yeah. really hear them. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's incredible. You know, I think that um, it's been a very humbling journey for me around these things, yeah. uh, and very, uh, and very, uh, illuminating, um, 
And uh, it's, you know, it's been a, a real privilege to bear the responsibility and hosting the conversation, yes. you know, I, you know, and, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's been very, it's been life changing. And I feel like it's just, it's an important conversation for, you know, for someone like you, who's at the forefront of like, really like the modern sex ed conversation right um and it's so funny that you know we talk about sex ed for adults it's like look like most of us had like really no sex ed at all like it's not even like sex ed for adults or like like, it was like i walked out of sex ed and i was like okay like you should always use a condom and i definitely don't want herpes whatever that is yeah here's Um, like a photo of the worst case scenario that like nobody ever like herpes never looks like right like i had no idea i just don't even know what it is i just know i probably don't want that and that's really all I knew from sex ed growing up but I do think that like you know it's come up a lot that like you know when we talk about sex you know oftentimes sex is just shorthand for a penis going in a vagina for most people but that's not really sex for a lot of people and virginity is the first time a penis goes in a vagina and there's you know a lot of people who that's not their sexual experience at all and so like when did when did they lose their virginity what was their first time and so I think that like it's just you know, being at the forefront of that and yeah. training this new sort of, you know, legions of teachers, you know, we can see over the next three to five to 10 years, there's gonna be thousands and thousands of, you know, Layla Martin, you know, sex, love and relationship coaches. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just interesting to how you're thinking about, you know, how do we prepare them to speak to people who are at all intersections? Yeah, uh, you know, so, so that's, uh, that's incredible that, you know, that that's already part of your focus. Um, so, so we have time really to just, uh, to play, uh, a couple cards if yes. you're open to it. I'm so okay. ready. <laughs> um, um, because I feel like we could, we could talk all day. Um, but so we have this deck of cards and, you know, in, in the deck, there are 69 cards. Uh, every card has a different theme on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the themes were taken from the first two years we used to crowdsource questions at our town hall and we had thousands of questions. And so these are the top 69 themes from those questions. Um, they're the most inclusive themes, meaning everything in here, uh, you know, can, uh, be, uh, relatable regardless of where you fall in the intersections of gender or sexual orientation. Um, uh, and, uh, the way this works is you'll just pull a card and then you'll share what comes up for you around that card really just like if you have a story from your personal life that would be ideal but like you know some people have just responded with guttural sounds so it's it's you know there's a gremlin voice (laughs) so pull a card and let's see what comes up for you okay baking and orgasm okay so you got a story for us i guess this is probably going to be pre 10 hours of masturbating on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I never, I, I, my response to growing up in suburbia was like, I am never faking anything, you know, (laughs) I'm going to be like so authentic. And my friends were always like, Layla, could you try not to express every emotion on your face (laughs) (laughs) because you're offending people? (laughs) (laughs) Your face is (laughs) <laughs> okay. When you're that disgusted, can you try to not look that disgusted? Right. <laughs> so I I have never faked an orgasm, but I really I've I've spoken to so many women. So one of the really actually common questions I get from women is I faked an orgasm for so long with my current partner and I don't want to anymore. 
I want to have a real orgasm with my partner. But now I'm like, oh my God, how do I tell them? How like, like it's been five, six, seven years. Sometimes it's been a whole marriage. Like how do I undo this faking and get back to real? So it's a really deep process to help unwind, to help like set up a safe enough space to communicate about sexuality and intimacy for them to really communicate to their partner. And I always try and help with the angle of like, okay, yes, I've been faking an orgasm for seven years, but you're the partner I want to have my first real one with. So can we figure that out together? Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a popular uh, theme, a touch point. We've had a lot of people who have shared about that. I think that it's also been interesting because there's a lot of men who have shared that they fake orgasms yes. with partners. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a, a, a partner tell you that they've faked an orgasm with you? Have you ever been suspicious? Have you ever been like, I don't know if that was real? I think. No, I mean, I, I fucked a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> recall ever thinking i remember like some dude's orgasm faces especially when i was younger i was like are you in pain (laughs) (laughs) okay so probably not fake i don't think so i mean maybe you never know for sure right okay let's pull another card let's pull another card all right see if that one wants to come making your partner come okay i mean you're you're the expert (laughs) so what comes up for you around this Making your partner come. Well, I I did this. We did a a vlog on Friday, which was three gay men teach about basically how to give an amazing blowjob, which was everything that I'd always desired in blowjob education. Yeah. (laughs) But one of my favorite quotes was like, you can't be lazy with the hand. Like you can't just start using your hand because you want to get him off. And I was like, you know, it's so true. (laughs) Like (laughs) as soon as I switch into like, I'm going to make my partner come. It just like something something is lost when i when it's from a place of i'm done yeah so what i when i read making your partner come i think there's two different ways you can approach that and one is like we've all been there like i just want this person to come so this is over and so making your partner come can be this like i'm i'm going to try and push their body mm-hmm. because it, on my timeline and i think that you know it can work but it's never Yeah, it's never that satisfying. It never feels that good when you're the recipient. And then there's like the thing about the word make that I like to switch is like I I can't make anyone come. I can simply like show up and support. Okay, this is going to sound cheesy for those of you who are like not like you don't use orgasmic nature a lot in your vocabulary. And I definitely understand. But I like to think of it as like I'm here to support my partner's orgasmic nature as opposed to like get them to come. I'm here (laughs) to support my partner's orgasmic nature. Yes. Oh, that is brilliant. I thought you were going to say, I will not make you come, but I will invite you to come. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> but I like to think, we like to think of coming as the peak experience. And I think a lot comes from optimizing for bliss and ecstasy and pleasure. Like I want you to be in the most possible pleasure from start to finish rather than I'm trying to get you to coming, which yeah. we can kind of overemphasize. Well, this has been unbelievably insightful. Yes. Uh, I've loved our conversation. I'm so grateful that you made time for us to to chat. I feel like we've got so many more conversations to have. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so grateful. And um, I will let everybody know that they can. I know that you have LaylaMartin.com, but any other information we'll include in the thing. Thank Perfect. you so much. Thank Layla. you for being so good at conversation. <laughs> I can see why this is your job. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. 
You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at, at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day, and we'll see you next week.